From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. You're with Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk TNT Radio. From the Rocky Mountains of Denver, Colorado, my name is Charlie Robinson. Thanks for hanging out and getting weird with me for the next hour. If you want to connect with me, the email address, charlierobinson at tntradio.live is the best place to do that. We have uh, Frank Valbiro from Quite Frankly coming up in the second half of the show. Brandon Thomas from Expanding Reality will be our guest in the first segment. Let's talk about some headlines and see what's going on in the world. Donald Trump gag order reinstated in New York civil fraud trial. I guess Letitia James is tired of hearing her name come out of his mouth and they would like to shut him up. That's definitely not going to be a winning strategy, but they can try that anyway. The more you try to silence this guy, the more attention he draws to the topic. So good luck with that. Also, Ron DeSantis set to debate a guy who is not running for president, Gavin Newsom, and CIA asset Sean Hannity set to monitor the event. Now, you see me here on this screen. What if I had a lapel pin of the CIA's logo? Well, that's Sean Hannity just about three out of the five nights a week that he's on television. So that should be an interesting one. Uh, Gavin Newsom will be the president of the United States at some point. I think it'll be 2028, but we'll see how this plays out. He's set to uh, argue with Ron DeSantis and to uh, this to the dismay of tens of people watching in the audience. Also, Foreign Minister Dmitry Kublev says, tells NATO foreign ministers Ukraine, quote, will not back down against Russia as it urges Western support. I feel the licensing of a Tom Petty song inbound. Um, This whole war has been poorly marketed. It is an abomination. It's been embarrassing to watch the media do their thing. The mainstream corporate media try to sell this to the people of the world, as America in particular, as some sort of... war that we need to be involved in. And it seems that the tide is turning. The attention has been refocused in the Middle East. And all of a sudden, Vladimir Zelensky will probably be making a return to the Grammys or was it the Oscars next year? We'll probably see him. But unfortunately for him, it'll probably be in the in memoriam section at the end. Uh, But what I really want to talk to you about is the death of Henry Kissinger. Now, I don't normally dance on the graves of people because I see that as being relatively bad form, bad karma, whatever you want to call it. But I am willing to make a special exception for Henry Kissinger. Heinz Kissinger, one of the worst people to ever live on this planet. A diabolical globalist, a David Rockefeller acolyte, a destroyer of worlds. He has blood on his hands. They always live to be 100, don't they? There's never any sort of repercussions for this. If there were any sort of justice in this world, Henry Kissinger's death would have been announced as he died in a Cambodian prison cell. That's where we should have been. But instead, he'll be celebrated by the New York Times and the Washington Post and George W. Bush as being a hero, as being a statesman. He won the Nobel Peace Prize for, you know, ending Vietnam after he started Vietnam. 
he's a deeply involved participant in the Club of Rome, along with Dr. Alexander King and Aurelio Pesci. This is a globalist depopulation outfit. They are the founders of the global warming scam. Henry Kissinger, deeply involved in that. You may recognize um, Klaus Schwab and see him paraded around in your news media daily as the World Economic Forum's head as they push for a fourth industrial revolution. Well, Henry Kissinger was Klaus Schwab's mentor. And of course, David Rockefeller was Henry Kissinger's mentor. And that's a very dangerous group of people to be involved with. Their ideas of population control are nothing short of diabolical. The National Security Council memo 200 in 1974 was declassified. I encourage you to read that. Go look it up. Read the words for yourself. This is what these lunatics talk about when they think that nobody is listening. They talked about America's foreign policy towards the third world is, quote, that of depopulation. Went on to further specify 13 countries in which depopulation should begin immediately. A Malthusian lunatic a bloodthirsty globalist that never saw a war that he didn't want your children to go die in. Henry Kissinger, dead at 100, good riddance. I will leave you with a final quote from Anthony Bourdain. Once you've been to Cambodia, you'll never stop wanting to beat Henry Kissinger to death with your bare hands. At TNT Radio, we never go home. We are committed to bringing you our take on the biggest topics of our time. We broadcast live 24-7 online globally, no matter what. We've got you covered on TNT Radio. Keeping the commitment. I love you guys. Unbelievable. 24-7. Listen to you every day, half for years. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Police in Northern Ireland have launched a hate crime probe after graffiti reading, Irish Lives Matter, was left on a wall in Belfast. A phrase thought to reflect anti-immigrant sentiment following several similar incidents in the area. Here with the story, joining me is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Hey, Ruckus, what say you hey, about the situation in Ireland? It's, it's a rough one. Uh, we're going to have to keep a close watch on this. There's a lot of things happening with this uh, all at once, it seems. It's, it's too much. I uh, just want to let everyone understand the situation, what's going on out there. Ireland, is, the country, has a population of just over 5 million people. Uh, they've been struggling to deal with unprecedented Im immigration. Uh, there's been 141,000 arriving between April of 2022 and April of 2023 alone, according to the Central Statistics Office. So please keep that in mind. Uh, the landscape, therefore, in of in particular Northern Ireland's societal tensions have now just been marred by signage and graffiti, and it's led to a police investigation as authorities have labeled now the slogan, Irish lives matter. That's right, those three words. Uh, so you say that, that's potentially racist, possibly a hate incident. Uh, no, actually, it's not possible. It is. So now that's no bueno out there. Uh, a sign apparently was spotted near Tildarg Avenue in Belfast, declaring the community's objection to the rehousing of illegal immigrants, which is 
reported by the BBC. I believe it said we will no longer accept um, anyone. You know, we're not going to do this anymore. It's just a sign, right? Um, and that started causing some issues already, some tensions in the wake of other things happening. And then now apparently there is the Kennedy Center on Falls Road which was defaced with graffiti that read Irish Lives Matter with an exclamation point, uh, echoing, of course, the global Black Lives Matter movement. Um, so now this is apparently legit. Uh, this was not fake news. Local authorities have confirmed the vandalism that took place uh, on Wednesday. Police Inspector Andrew Matson said the graffiti and other anti-immigrant signage would be treated as hate incidents. Matson said, quote, our local neighborhood policing team have been undertaking inquiries in the area and anyone who has information in regard to the erection of the notices is asked to contact police, end quote. Uh, he also referred to the sign that said what I was saying. It was just said they would no longer be accepted for housing. But the sign said illegal immigrants. So the sign says we're not going to house illegal immigrants. That's 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 a crime, apparently. Uh, a number of local lawmakers have come forward to denounce the graffiti and the signs with Sinn Féin MP Paul Maskey calling them offensive and disgraceful. He said, quote, it's deeply concerning and disgraceful that these offensive and racist signs have been erected in an attempt to create fear and intimidate people. There is no place for this type of behavior in our society. End quote. Social Democratic and Labor Party Councilor Paul Doherty said he asked city officials to remove the graffiti, insisting Belfast is a, quote, welcoming area that is home to a diverse array of people, uh, end quote. While people before Prophet MLA Jerry Carroll called the signs racist poison. Similar anti-immigrant slogans were found on multiple signs erected in South Belfast earlier this month, which were also investigated as quote unquote, hate incidents by police. So far, the authorities have not identified any suspects or organized groups behind the signage. The investigation was launched against the backdrop of last week's anti-migrant, it says riot here. I thought it was a peaceful protest. I saw things caught on fire, uh, but no, it was straight up a riot taking place in Dublin and in the Republic of Ireland. The unrest erupted after a man of Algerian origin stabbed three children and one adult outside a school. Irish police described the rioters as a mob driven by, quote, unquote, far right ideology. Uh, Irish's Ireland's prime minister, Leo Varadkar, urged the public not to demonize migrants, arguing that it is, quote unquote, totally wrong to link migration with crime. Uh, speaking of good old Leo, he was not available on hand to take questions in the Irish parliament on Wednesday. However, Irish Justice Minister Helen McEntee was. Uh, she was asked to comment on police claims that far right ringleaders had, quote, used sophisticated communication online and, quote, to gather and organize troops during the riots. She responded by stating that the country's security services were actively engaging with TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or X, to take down what she described as vile messages. Uh, side note, Charlie, while most platforms were cooperating, according to McEntee, X were not. She says, quote, they did engage, they did not fulfill their own customer standards, end quote. That might be a misprint. I think she said that they did not engage. I'm not sure. I don't speak Irish. Just kidding. Uh, what do you think about this story? Oh, well, I remember 
a while ago, back when the founders of Irish Lives Matter raised $100 million from extorting these brands, and then they bought a bunch of mansions in Beverly Hills. And Oh, wait. Um, this is preposterous nonsense, of course, but I kind of like it. I kind of like it. I'm all, I'm okay with this. You know why? Because even the average dumbed down sheeple person that's not paying attention sees this and goes, what, what are you talking about? This is, this is hate speech. Like this, the bar is set rather low, I think. So I actually encourage these politicians to continue with this crazy behavior because all it does is it, it just shows the general public who they really are, what they're all about, and that they're really not serious. Because if you think that somebody spray painting Irish Lives Matters is is hate speech, it's uh, aggressive, or it's just it's preposterous. And I, um, but I'm not surprised. That's the that's probably the frustrating part is that I see this, and I'd love to tell you that I'm shocked and outraged and clutch my pearls and say how dare they, but this is all normal stuff. This is business as usual for these people. There's, I don't think they're going to stop. They've got a good thing going, right? As long as they can pit one group of people against another and divide the country, then that keeps everybody busy fighting with each else, with each other. And they don't have time to really look to who the actual problem is to look up and see who's pulling the strings on this whole thing. I'll tell you what, wouldn't be surprised if uh, if we did a flight tracker scan and found that George Soros's plane had been in Northern Ireland over the last couple of weeks because he seems to be at the heart of all of these color revolutions. Maybe this will be the green revolution. Maybe it will be the green revolution. Uh, I don't know. What say you about this? Well, I don't know. I hate I hate all this chaos and conflict and division, of course. I mean, I would like to go back to a time where the argument about graffiti is whether or not it's vandalism or art, you know, rather than hate speech or graffiti. I mean, like either way, either way you look at it, people already don't like it when you just go randomly spray paint something on their property. So, you know, that that's probably the the only true inherent issue. Um, also, I mean, kind of sucks that if that's your public square is to, to spray paint somebody else's property that speaks to a larger problem. Maybe we should address that. Right. Um, no, but I'm always I'm, I'm more concerned about the the draconian rules and laws and the things that they want to do in response to this. Um, of course, it's absolutely silly on its face to to call things language like Charlie. I, I don't know about you, but when I, when I was a kid, we had a famous saying that was all like sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. That's why I've been able to like. Ba-ding, ba-ding. I don't care about any label you want to throw at me. It's just it's like water off a duck's back. It doesn't bother me. It's just words. It's just names. It doesn't really matter. Um, so I don't know why we need to get hyped up about these things. But it does, you know, the, the side effect of these types of things are like also when you label everybody a racist or a white supremacist or anti-Semitic, it takes away the true meaning of what those things honestly are. And and that's probably the um, the saddest tragedy, Charlie. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. It, it it minimizes the people that are actually discriminated against and it it conflates the whole issue. And if everybody's a Nazi, how bad are Nazis really? Just don't don't ask Kanye that question because we know what he would say. <laughs> That's right. Or Adidas will have to cough up another million dollars to, to pay off uh, the ADL. Uh, thanks for the the. Uh, Thanks for the breakdown on that. That's a that's a story that unfortunately I don't think is going to go away anytime soon. I think it might probably be used from here on out as the justification, the problem, reaction, solution to to implement uh, hate speech, crime, uh, 
speech limitations under the guise of protecting everybody from hate speech. Our our virgin ears can't hear any of that, uh, any of that hard language like Irish lives matter. How do how dare they? <laughs> yeah, I said it a number of times doing this story, so I'm going to go wash my mouth out with soap now, Charlie. Thanks for having me. You probably should. Thanks for being there, Rockus. We appreciate you. Uh, back on the other side of the break, Brandon Thomas from Expanding Reality. This is TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Patrick Henningsen. There's a dark cloud which is gathering over Ukraine. This has been an absolute disaster. In the last month alone, as I reported previously, Ukraine's lost 13,000 troops in October. So what does that mean? Well, you can guess that recruitment is probably down. So right now, the government in Kiev, the Zelensky government's doing forced conscription. Morale is at an all-time low. Uh, we We've also seen conscientious objectors uh, who are taking to social media like Telegram who reported uh, that they were just finished a six-month prison sentence uh, after refusing to go to the front line. Some of the forced conscripts rebelled, were imprisoned for six months, did a six-month sentence, and then the day before their release, they were put into a van and then sent to the front line. I kid you not. Patrick Henningsen on today's News Talk TNT Radio. I wanted to alleviate my pain. I also didn't want to be who I was. I always just felt like there was just something wrong with me, and I was trying to figure it out, and I used the internet to help me do that. Seemingly out of nowhere, we've suddenly seen a huge spike in media depictions and social media depictions of transgenderism. It's even reached the mainstream advertising world. The people who are consuming this are children, 13, 14, 15 years old. And it's so easy for them to literally be groomed. I just woke up one day, looked at myself in the mirror, and asked myself, what the heck am I doing? When trans-identified kids are referred to specialized gender clinics, they're often told that they're going to get comprehensive, multidisciplinary mental health assessments. We know that that's not true. I was easy to manipulate. The ideology that has become dominant at these clinics is that trans kids know who they are, and therefore to question them is completely taboo. My childhood was ruined. Who's there for their detransitioning? Nobody. Nobody would help me because they had more concerns of me reversing everything. Did this thing to alleviate this gender dysphoria that wasn't there before, but you made it into a problem, and now your body image issues are worse. That's not supposed to happen. What do we do now? D-Trans, the dangers of gender-affirming care. For more information, go to PragerU.com. It sounds pretty good. It's it sounds bad. real, dude. It's not bad, huh? This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. We are back with the Charlie Robinson Show. It is my great honor to introduce our first guest, the host of Expanding Realities podcast, one of the most positive and optimistic people I have ever met in my entire life. And yes, he's got great hair as well. Ladies and gentlemen, Brandon Thomas. Hey, Brandon, how are you? I am doing very well. Thank you for all compliments. And uh, yes, uh, boundless optimism is uh, not as boundless as before. I went through this huge dark night of the soul thing, actually got very, very grounded from it. And now turns out it places maybe a carbon copy of a reality world ran by the devil instead. It's a wild time, Charlie. 
certainly is an interesting time to be paying attention. And uh, these days, things things are starting to get weird. We're starting to watch the wheels fall off, at least here in America. I can't speak for the rest of the world, although I assume it is there too. Uh, there's a story that just came out talking about this special counsel, Jack Smith, this lunatic guy that's been going after Trump for a while. Look, I, I've I've got my feelings on Trump, too. I'm, you know, I'm not in his camp, but I do recognize a witch hunt when I see one. And this guy has made it his mission in life to destroy Donald Trump. He has now demanded information from Twitter, now known as X, on Americans who favorited or retweeted Donald Trump's tweets from before the insurrection. Now, I, I, I'm. I, let's take Donald Trump out of the equation just for a second, if we can. This is an attack on free speech. This is an attack on um, our liberties. This goes against everything that America is about, and. It seems to me like the last time last time I heard authoritarians talk about making lists, a lot of people got loaded up into boxcars and resettled in the East. So I'm getting a really bad feeling about this whole thing. Uh, Brandon, what do you think about Jack Smith demanding this? I mean, this is a slippery slope, right? It's one thing when it's Trump. It's, oh, well, he, you know, he said all these things and he started an insurrection. So, of course, we have to ask. So it's Trump today. It's 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 people that followed your show tomorrow, is it not? Correct. You nailed it. Slippery slope is uh, the ease nicest way that we can say it, man. It looks to me that when when you start censoring things, um, that's that's when it's all done. Uh, if you look at things, even like free speech, um, I had uh, Thomas Gornson recently, amazing art producer and publisher, and one thing he talked about, he and I talked about, was art. Uh, he worked for Disney for a long time, and they he relayed a story about how they saw he was in a back room one time, and he saw. That they're on all these monitors, the uh, Planet of the Something ride was being backed up. And so they also then got an immediate readout from an AI system that said, oh, okay, well, these um, chips are about to go bad at the fajita stand right across the way. So what they did was they pump fajita smells, sizzling sounds, and then waft all this stuff. And then somebody comes out with uh, flyers that just happen to be ready and made. And they're walking around and all of a sudden this mob of folk start going over to the fajita line and then abandon the other line and they balance things out. There is a apprehension of everything around here. And when you start then censoring stuff, that's when you start to pull in the, well, why are you backing off? Why, why is this not okay to talk about? Uh, I think the creators of South Park said it best, either all of it's okay or none of it's okay. And back to Thomas, one thing that we talked about about art and censoring and is it moral or immoral, then, you know, art is moral, full stop because it's art. You, you can't censor that kind of stuff. And once you do, it's, again, either all okay or none of it's okay. Yeah, we're getting into free speech questions here. We're, we're getting into the, the, the role of social media. The, 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 you know, listen, they hate Elon Musk. Uh, they, they, they view him as somebody that's unwilling or unable to play ball with them in their censorship campaign. I think when when he took over the company, then, you know, he sort of dug in, you know, opened up and looked under the hood and saw what was going on and realized that they, the feds were all over the place in there. Then not only that, they, uh, 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 Chan had a, the 
FBI agent in San Francisco had a direct pipeline was sending people Christmas, you know, happy birthday presents to people at Twitter. When the FBI is so comfortable with you working at Twitter that they send, they know your birthday. Well, they probably know your birthday anyway, but decide to send you a present as a, you know, happy birthday. And, and Elvis Chan is the guy, you know, thank you for everything that you've done. Uh, we couldn't do it without you. XOXO FBI. This is a huge problem. And I see that this that this you know look jack smith has had it out for trump for from the beginning of course and and they all they all do they all have it out for him i wonder brandon what do you think do you think it's it's because they're actually concerned about you know what he says or are they concerned that if he gets in office a second time around knowing what he knows now given what he's gone through the last four plus years that this time he will actually lock her up or put her in jail or do the things that he promised to do or threatened to do during his campaign the first time. I think that season 2024 of Earth is going to be way better than season 2023. I think that this place keeps getting more and more nuts and more and more wild and a fascinating game is being played if you're paying attention, which you are. And especially when you step out of the role and you kind of see it from a, a projected perspective and you sit here and say, hang on, this is a play being played out. It's an amazing reality TV show just going on right in front of you with public policy being at the forefront. You're right. Uh, but really, yeah. it's about these personalities clashing. It's about, well, I don't like this guy's hair and the way that he talks about women. So I'm going to therefore censor anything valuable in which he has to say. There, there's a lot of interesting uh, books that we read by authors. And no matter what the context of that, there's going to be wisdom that you can find within anything. I find it fascinating as well. Uh, whenever people start to attack the personality rather than the actual issues or anything that they're committing to to society, anything that they're uh, contributing to worth of note is never attacked. It's just their personality. Oh, the yeah, but what about this amazing policy? Ah, he said this about women. It, it doesn't match. It's such a infantile way to communicate with one another. And I think it's just, again, a fascinating game. Yeah, it certainly is. Hey, let's jump out for a second. Let's get some quick headlines. We'll be right back on the other side of the break. What a news day this is turning out to be. Wait, 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 wait till you hear this. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Three people are dead and 11 others are wounded after two Hamas terrorists opened fire on people at a bus station near Jerusalem Thursday morning. A U.S. Navy warship sailing in the Red Sea shot down an Iranian-made drone that officials say was launched from Yemen on November 29th. A U.S. Air Force Osprey, based in Japan, crashed into the ocean off the country's southern coast during a training mission Wednesday, killing at least one of the eight crew members. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda. It never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. We're back. No, true to the rumor that Jack Smith has uh, demanded information on Americans that are watching TNT radio. Not yet, but they could. Uh, the FBI has been ordered to release information contained on Seth Rich's laptop. If you recall, Seth Rich was the DNC whistleblower that was murdered. They said it was a robbery. 
except they didn't take his wallet or his watch or his jewelry or any of that stuff. So it was the the least effective robbery ever. Uh, so Julian Assange comes out and says, kind of beats around the bush and hints at the fact that this was his DNC whistleblower, offers a $130,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of the person that killed him. And this laptop disappears. And this has been the laptop that a lot of people wanted. And the FBI has it. Now they just got sued. It's in the uh, just headlines out today saying that the FBI has been ordered to release the information contained on Seth Rich's laptop. This includes the information that they found in this DNC leaks that WikiLeaks posted included such revelations as pay for play with the clinton foundation no real surprise there uh dnc cheating bernie sanders we knew that uh mainstream media collusion with the clinton campaign we assumed that but then it gets weird and then it gets a little dark brandon these emails disclosed the concept of spirit cooking they talked about wet works which is a code name for assassination this was in in relation to anthony scalia who was murdered uh they talked about aliens in these emails and they also talked about zero point energy so look i'm into all of it bring bring it all on right i'm interested to know all all of this do you think that we're really going to ever get to the details of what was going on with the seth rich murder no absolutely not I think that this is a convoluted case that's going to keep getting crazier and crazier. It's going to send folks down wild rabbit holes just as the bat in Wuhan did. Some people are going to grab it and run off with it and stay there. Uh, there's too many things wound up in this. And if you're mentioning things like what works, alien zero point energy, then there is something so much bigger being covered up there. I don't know how deep you want to go into this, Charlie, but allegedly all these people, Bravamovich and everybody else, it is in this elite that are flashing all of these symbolism they absolutely believe that this place is much different than they are putting out to you that you would believe it to be. And it's all in my mind a massive perception management campaign, no matter how you look at it. So even the story itself is suspicious. Even the fact that this dude, like you said, no robbery. It's like the robber just read the how to rob and murder handbook, just got to the murder and then had to run out and do the robbery real quick and forgot the robin part. It, it's wild that they'll then even... Let's say, and, and this is what's even more suspect to me, you can read it right there. Let's not stop at the fact that it was obviously a murder posed as a robbery. The fact that it's in there so blatantly and standing there looking at you in the face, what is that about? That automatically invites you to ask more questions, just as the missing time phenomena and the UFO people, the people who have missing time, they've never thought about UFOs before, they just have five hours they can't recall, Turns out this amazing thing that leads to things like aliens and zero point energy. So there's a lot hidden, but there's so much being said right there with the fact that it was a robbery. If it was this looking to be covered up, a murder looking to be covered up as a robbery, the everybody knows don't leave things on like valuables if you're going to do that. So if this is some sort of cover up or whatever, obviously it was left on purpose. This is the this is where you really yank on the threads there. And that's why I think it's yeah. so convoluted and so fascinating. Yeah, it it's it would be the worst robbery ever and yet that's what it was and it, the the follow-up question is well are they sloppy or do they want you to know 
You know, this that's is, that's th- the part of it. That's the psychological operation component of this, is it not? It it drives you nuts because it's the vase that the oracle told you not to worry about when you turn around to look at it and you're the one that broke it. It's it's this idea that hang on, it's right there in front of you, but don't look at it. It's just as uh, in anything else. It's again wild perception management from that perspective. It, it's a deep rabbit hole, man, and uh, I'm I'm down to jump in it with you. I love it, and especially yeah. what John Podesta is talking about about I'm definitely for making an example. It's like okay, well. What is that about? I mean, obviously, then it would tie. We know what he means. There's no innuendo on that. What do they mean? Take him outside and like spank him in front of everybody as a, you know, as a little don't do that again thing. I mean, I, I that that's strong, threatening implications in that. It's just yeah, interesting, I mean, man. It it sounds like wet works to me. It sounds like <laughs> that. And 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 this is part of the reason why uh, several years ago I had the I guess pleasure of meeting though i wish it were under different circumstances the assange family when they came through denver i had a chance to to meet with gabriel shipton and and uh, his father and talk to them about the what was going on with julian assange this i believe is the key to why he will never be given justice is because of the information that he put out not just on the collateral murder video we saw that that obviously put a big target on his back but when you start to mess around with the clintons and the clinton foundation we know how things end up it's never really good um i wonder though i wonder if this is uh if if this is ever going to get to the point where Julian Assange has a voice again to talk about what is actually going on in this because I'm with you. I don't know that we're ever going to get the details of this laptop in a way that will satisfy me. I'd love to just have it open source for everybody to take a look at. I don't know how relevant or or how realistic that is, but if it if it were to happen, would that just shake the confidence or the way the American people view these people in positions of power like the Clintons? Or is it or are we just so desensitized now, Brandon, that 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 the evidence could be right in front of us and collectively as a society, we would just be asking like, you know, who's playing uh, on Monday night football. I didn't see rhetorical uh, questions on the list of things that we were going to talk about here, Charlie. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is the most blatant in your face. And I think this is what's so hilarious about it is folks like you and I could sit here. We can go, hang on. That white house background is not the same. It's got lights in it. There's trucks out front. There's no trees there. The wallpaper is different. Like, and, but they're broadcasting from it as if it's altruistic. It's right in front of you wearing masks that they don't even do well. Get the mask that comes down to here. We know you've got it. We've seen the videos, but you get the one that cuts here, and then we can watch it flail out as you're talking. It's a silly, silly, silly ass thing, man. And I don't even know how deep it needs to go for people to really realize. I think that it's it's a testament to how well the fluoride did, how well the education's doing, all of that kind of stuff. Because if it is so blatantly obvious, they're They've done their damnedest and a great job of it, of per- putting this box of perception around people. It's more than blinders. They box in the front of it. There's a filter there, but it bounces off, and you're, you're so restricted in this small little cavity, and they keep cinching it up, which is, again, fascinating. So you can't see. Uh, there's a great um, Chinese proverb, some uh, Chinese proverb thing, and it says, I can see the moon now that the barn burned down. And it's like this funny, you know, thing that you had a barn there, um, but now you can see the moon because of it. Is it optimistic or was the barn actually an impedance to your moon viewing? And then what function did it serve in your reality? It's it's fascinating, though, the dumbing down of the welcome to Costco. I love you. It's it's so fascinating how effective it's been because it is so in your face. 
I know. It really is. Well, everybody knows the Clintons burned the barn down. Hey, Brandon, where's the best <laughs> place for people to find you and support your work? Right now, uh, just on Instagram, actually, or any place that uh, podcasts can be found, YouTube, Rockfin, Odyssey, all the good stuff. So thank you so much, Charlie. I'm so proud of you, brother. Keep moving. Thank you so much. That's Brandon Thomas, everybody, from the Expanding Reality Podcast. We will be back on the other side of the break with Frank Valbiro from, quite frankly, this is TNT Radio. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. It's for the greater good. Have you noticed how often you've heard that expression? Mostly every time someone's advocating taking your rights away? The greater good. It connotes the old phrase, the common good, right? We're doing this for the common good. And we're gonna, yes, we're taking some of your income, but we're doing it for the common good. Well, that's shifted now to the greater good. Greater for whom? Never seems to be greater for me or for you. Always seems to be greater for them. And who gets to decide for whom it's greater? Why, well, they do, of course be silly to allow you and me to be able to determine what's in the greater good and for whom. This is the insidious underbelly of the totalitarian governmental impulse. And it's not just here in the United States, it's in Ireland, it's in the EU, it's in Australia and New Zealand. China, they don't even have to bother about it. They do what they're told. That's the entire essence of a totalitarian regime. But what's scary is how many democratic regimes want to emulate the totalitarian regimes. For the greater good, I'll take a hard pass. For MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. The challenges our planet's animals are facing sometimes feel a bit heavy. The animals haven't eaten in a day, two days, they haven't drank. Animals are facing sometimes feel a bit heavy. The animals haven't eaten in a day, two days, they haven't drank anything, they're cold, they're dehydrated. But remember, there's good happening right now. At home. All right, we were able to get into your unit and we have all four of your cats who, uh... <laughs> okay. And around the world for any animal, any disaster. Search ifa.org forward slash disaster ready. If you can't believe what you're hearing, get the straight talk from Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. We are back for a final segment of the Charlie Robinson Show. If you want to connect with me, the email address is charlierobinson at tntradio.live. If you want to follow me, my podcast, Macroaggressions, is available wherever podcasts are served. Joining us now, the host of The Daily Show, quite frankly, from... New York, my good friend, Frank Valbiro. Hey, Frank. It's great to see you again. I'm good. I'm on the radio, baby. Look at us. Look at us on the radio. Really, though, really, this is incredible. And I'm so happy to be back on with you. And, uh, and, you know, we've done a lot of really interesting work together, and I want to do more. So this is a great way to end one year where we have already done, you know, we we do our, our talking. But you and I, if anybody doesn't know... Charlie and I did a book club session this year for my my radio show. We did a side session for a book club on a book that we really had a great time on. It was Shoeless Joe's, the source material for Field of Dreams. You got to listen to that if you haven't heard it. Charlie really shines with stuff like this. 
Oh, stop, 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 Please stop, stop, stop. <laughs> oh, well, you've been, you're all, you know, your daily show, nightly show, I should say, quite frankly, has been on my rotation for a long, long time. You get into daily events. The, the event of the day is Henry Kissinger. This guy is uh, on the record describing humanity as useless eaters. He lived to be 100 years old. He looked like a slug. He was described as the playboy of the West Wing, which creeps me out in a way that you just can't even imagine. And um, he never saw a war that he didn't want to start. And, uh, and, and I am reminded of a statistic about Henry Kissinger with regard to the Vietnam War that I want to run by you. They said that he authorized the bombing of Cambodia and Laos, obviously Vietnam as well. In the aftermath of the Vietnam War, they added up all of the bombs that were dropped in those three countries in Southeast Asia, and they calculated that it was as much as every single bomb dropped in all of World War II in the European and Pacific theater combined, multiplied by two. Multiplied by, oh, it was bad enough until you added the multiplication in there. I, I yes. did not know that. And to think about just how all that was just unloaded on a very small strip of land relatively to the entire continent of Europe, North Africa, uh, you know, Asia, the the yeah. the, the the Pacific, it, that is a staggering number. And I, I'm not a Kissinger historian as far as being able to really roll out and examine the scoreboard on how many people he's gotten killed. But I mean, he's just right up there in that category of people like Madeleine Albright and everybody else who um, there's going to. I love I love the reporting on people like this after they die. A controversial figure who has detractors and supporters and this and that. Like there's there's some debate to be had and uh, like there's any debate to be had about human life lost and how frivolous that they obviously all see it as being. And um, my question about this is, does this mean that the. uh, that the crap, the dog crap is going to hit the fan now. I always feel like people like this always plan for the real grenades to go off after they've exited the planet. And, um, you know, the other thing I don't like about him is that he got to keep his hair until the end. Like he had the ah. same hairline his entire life, Charlie. You and I, as bald men, we know that the audacity, just the audacity. That's a crime against humanity in and of itself, I would say. I, I mean, you should be brought up on war crimes for that. This is um, this memo that he put out, the 1974 National Security Council Memorandum 200 that came out, talked about the United States policy towards the third world as that of depopulation. And then he went on to exactly label 13 countries in which were slated for depopulation and then decided that the best way to do it was that you can't have the 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 governments of these countries depopulate because that would just be too much of a bad look for the people or for for the for the government itself so instead they decided that they would have ngos non-governmental organizations take the fall for it if if there was any fall at all and that was when you started to see the institution of the united nations coming in the world health organization and they started this covert sterilization program along all of the 13 countries that he mentioned so is this a, a What's the legacy of Henry Kissinger that we what what's the legacy, the real legacy of Henry Kissinger? And what's the legacy of Henry Kissinger that our kids will unfortunately wind up reading in a history book somewhere? I'm sure they're oh, not well, going to be the same. No, not the same. I mean, you and I, I 
for people like you and I, he'll always be that worm tongue kind of uh, character from Lord of the Rings and uh, just just whispering into the ear of the king. And then over time, just all his power and influence being very, you know, pronounced and uh, and and uh, he's uh, becoming an autonomous figure in himself. And that advisor role, we know that the advisors are really the ones calling the shots. Uh, so I, I think that it's always just going to be a split a split decision going into the future. Uh, this is probably where maybe in, in, in where we are right now, it is always going to be the factor that we can't account for just yet. The cyclical nature of civilizations rise and fall. Uh, that's something you can, you can bet on, uh, you know, uh, it, it just always happens that way. The one thing that we can't account for right now, Charlie, especially when it comes to how a certain event is going to be remembered analyzed and how uh you know unified we are going to be on seeing the same thing in the same way uh, you can't account for the media being as decentralized as it is right now look what we're doing in the moment you know on tnt radio uh this is the only thing that they can't account for back in the day five leading faces and voices that made up american nighttime national news and now it's it's so it's so broken apart it's just there's always going to be mixed opinions. And uh, the real question is going to be, how does one predominate in this in this day and age? How does one predominate? And I think it's really just going to be a lot more on the merits of the argument, the merits of the evidence that have been put together, because we are in a space right now, unless they turn flip the switch and they turn off the Internet. We are in a space right now where. Uh, you know, the, 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 who has the, the deepest pocketbook really doesn't matter. It, it, and that's a good thing. So I like the fact that we're rolling the dice right now and we have a lot bigger stake in the future than we had in the b before. Well, Henry Kissinger's legacy is obviously going to be that of death and destruction, as we yeah. spoke about earlier. But his other component is are the, the people that he mentored. Klaus Schwab was one of them. The World Economic Forum and their Young Global Leaders Program that was designed by Henry Kissinger. That was a that was that was part of when when Klaus Schwab went to uh, went to the universities in the United States and had uh, Kissinger mentoring him there through through the through uh, I think it was Columbia um, or no it was Harvard uh, and got him onto a path towards this global governance i don't i don't want to say global government because global government is a little bit difficult to do but they they've captured the leaders well they've they've actually like you and i are both baseball fans we'll look at it like this they drafted young people put them into the minor league system through the young global leader program developed their talent got them ready and then installed them into the big league clubs as you see Justin Trudeau, Yacinda Ardern, uh, all these uh, World Economic Forum, uh, even even Millet, Emmanuel Macron. Yes, exactly. As well, as well, Javier Millet. Yeah. So these, his legacy. He's Kissinger may be gone, but his children, these children of Henry, oh, uh, they remain, and they are destroyers. Or the, you know, I mean, the, the what they are set of, setting about to do seems like nothing but utter destruction is this is this the legacy of henry kissinger just destroy everything in your way it it, it well it's for it it's destroy erase improve in their idea um again it's just whose side are you on and do you think that the world as we knew it 
in the last century or before the last century needed to be leveled and recreated in somebody else's new image instead of all these decentralized, truly diverse cultural pockets of areas all around the world that are self-governing, they have their own identities, or, or, or do you think that this needs to be generalized and needs to be unified and that, that it's essentially what the Agenda 2030 steamroller is all about and of course the wef has a has a place in all of that and you know uh, uh, we know that economic re uh, transitioning and reconfiguration of the world is very big uh kissinger was instrumental in setting up the petrodollar it was there, there's so much more there's so much more out there uh and, and he's also one of those characters that from time to time gave you a little bit of a a glimpse behind the uh, the curtain, like you said there before about depopulation thoughts. Uh, also, in later years, I know it wasn't too in the last five years or so. Um, he even made a um, an admission that multiculturalism, letting all these types of people into the West, bringing their allegiances and to their their prior home as uh, along with them and encouraging them to continue to to live that out was a bad idea. Now. Uh, anybody could have seen that as a bad idea. So I, I I wonder if that is just like you're starting to regret some of the things that you've done to your home, to a place that's been good to you. Uh, there, There's just so much. These are really jaded, weird characters. I think overall, we're always going to see them as a net negative because the world is not better because of it. But it depends on if you're a company man. If you're a company man, a company woman, then you uh, you, you want to see that steamroller lay the ground for the new foundation that you've been just, you know, over the moon and trying to, uh, to bring to fruition. And, and that's really, again, where the split is going to be. Well, if there's any justice in this world, he is with Donald Rumsfeld wearing gasoline soaked underwear, sweeping up the place in the underworld. As far as I'm concerned, I have no sympathy for that lunatic, but it, it let's pivot to Elon <laughs> because this has been in the wait, 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 Charlie, Charlie, real quick. I know we're running out of time, oh. but did you see, did you see the community note that, uh, that was put on the ADL's, the ADL's, uh, tweet about Kissinger? No. What did it say? It's incredible. So the ADL put this out. Last thing I'll say at 9 p.m. Not, at 10 o'clock last night, they said Henry Kissinger was a towering intellect, diplomat and practitioner who not without controversy. There you go. Not without controversy helped shape American foreign policy with a lasting impact worldwide. A refugee from Nazi Germany and the first Jewish secretary of state, he was unapologetic about his heritage and his embrace of the importance of American global power and democratic values. The community note was from a Rolling Stone article and, and various other places that picked it up, too. Uh, Henry Kissinger was, in fact, apologetic about his Jewish heritage around President Nixon. Uh, but he also said there was, um, wait, wait, where it was? He, uh, where the heck was? Oh, man, they changed it. It just got changed. Ooh. Wait, wait. Uh, well, we're running out of time. We're anyway, I know, I know. We're, it's just crazy how this just happened but it is pretty much that he had put it all out there that during a meeting with the washington special actions group kissinger once said if it were not for the accident of my birth i would be anti-semitic any people who have been persecuted for two thousand years must be doing something wrong so these are the kinds Whoa. of things that they all leave behind yeah i mean and, and you know here's another example of a person who escaped nazi germany like a george soros you want to talk about somebody else who we have considered a head of the Hydra that, 
You know, like, yeah. oh, if we can only get rid of this guy. No, it's their their offspring. What are they leaving behind? George Soros could have died five years ago. It's still it's Alex and all of their associates that pick up the uh, the tab. So uh, th- these are the kind of characters there, and they're shielded by this uh, this uh, the system. That's true. Well, I'll tell you one system that's kind of had it with with everybody is is the new version of Twitter named X. And Elon tells advertisers to go F themselves. Um, he has he was in a an interview with An- Andrew Ross Sorkin and Andrew Ross Sorkin asked him about, you know, his relationship with these these advertisers that were boycotting due to pressure put on them by media matters. And his response was tell it was go F yourself. And then he just said F why and like to thunderous approval from the crowd like at first the crowd was kind of stunned do you think that that is something that is i mean i kind of like that i mean i've got my problems with elon believe me but 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 when he tells that you know media matters is a is a is like the equivalent of you know nice flower shop you've got here it'd be a shame if something bad happened to it you know what i mean and it's a shakedown racket and and what they've done with these advertisers is nothing short of criminal do you think that the the plan here is to lose advertising revenue to the point where he can sue uh, Media Matters and all of the associates uh, into oblivion. I, you know what? I, I don't even know. I, I'd never even considered that. But I, like you, I have plenty of problems and questions about Elon Musk, the ideas that he's put forward in the past, the things that he's flip flopped on, uh, the investing in AI after calling it, you know, calling forth the demon. Suddenly, he wants to marry us uh, directly to the AI with our brains. Uh, so there's a lot there's a lot to be debated still and and I, I I really not married to anybody but this I was like ah, that's a that's a great that's a great moment for anybody to have that kind of strength and say go ahead go ahead destroy the company everybody's gonna know who did it and along the way I don't I don't really know I think at that point it would be too much of a fine okay you beat me I don't I think that just in in showing that kind of backbone, um, to these people who are obviously just uh, so still so butthurt that out of the range of Silicon Valley social media organizations that are out there, there is one that is not completely abiding by their modus operandi. There's still a lot of problems on Twitter. It is not truly a free speech platform for sure, but compared to everywhere else, uh, they are still very, very salty about this. And I think that it's going to be more of a rallying cry for people, hopefully, to look into the companies that are are not are, are are colluding to take down this one, dare I say, bastion of semi-free speech, and hopefully, it, it hurts them a little bit. I mean, they, they're they're trillion-dollar operations when you put them all together. So uh, I don't know how much that can be done. Uh, we still have not been able to take Bud Light completely out, but uh, a message was sent. So who who knows? We'll see. I I, I liked the exchange though. Have no problem being hated, Elon Musk said. Well, they're going to hate you after this. <laughs> These oh, yeah. advertisers, but but that's okay because uh, you know when you when you're sitting on two hundred billion dollars, it doesn't really matter too much uh, what the perception. Hey, what do you got uh, coming up next week over on on the show? On quite frankly, oh, the ne- next week I've got a bunch of things going on tonight. Uh, tonight I've got a wonderful lady coming on, Barbara Yates. We're going to be talking about true women's empowerment that that does not uh, require the government to come in and level everybody. But got, I got Ben Davidson coming on next week. Ashton Forbes of the uh, Malaysian Flight 370 oh, mystery nice. that goes on, um, and, and a few other ones. Tr- trying to ramp up the the Christmas and the mystery programming over the next couple of weeks. But Charlie, I've 
I've been having, I have a wonderful time with you again today. It's incredible how quickly 20 minutes goes by. And uh, thank you for everything. Well, thank you, Frank. If you want to catch Frank, quite frankly, TV is the place to do that. His work is outstanding. His show is so much fun. Watch the intro. If the intro doesn't get you, that's fine. Then you maybe you'll find something else. I'll be back with you tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern. Don't burn the place down while I'm gone. Take care.